You're listening to Mapleview Community Church Podcast. Good morning, church. You may be seated, those of you that are still standing. What an honor it is to be up here this morning, not just speaking to you guys, but also with the students that I get the honor and absolute privilege to, to lead and disciple. Can we just give the youth worship team a big round of applause? They are amazing. You guys did great. Church, I'm excited to be with you guys this morning and absolutely honored to, to be here. When Jay had asked me to preach, uh, I had to question him. I said, Jay, you know it's Father's Day, right? Like, you sure you want me speaking on Father's Day? He's like, yep. I'm like, okay. You know, I, those of you that don't know me, uh, I am a father uh, of a one, almost two-year-old, Haven Gray, curly-haired cutie. She's like this tall. Uh, so uh, this, is, this is my first Father's Day message, and I'm excited. I'm a little nervous, but I feel at peace. I feel at peace with what I need to share with you guys this morning. So... Happy Father's Day to everyone here. Um, whether you've been a father for a while or a new father or even expecting, uh, I hope that you all have a wonderful day with your families, with your loved ones. My name is Will. I may have stated that already, those of you that do not know me. Uh, and I am the senior high youth pastor. And I really feel like there's a word that God has placed on my heart to share with you guys this morning. You see, fathers are biologically the way in which we are all brought into this world. Agreed? Agreed. <laughs> I'll say no more. So we've all had a father in some, in some way. Maybe it's a spiritual father or maybe it's a biological father. Some of you have had really great dads while others in here weren't so lucky. And this day is really hard because your father maybe isn't around. Or the dy dynamic in that relationship is really tough. And then there's others who didn't have a father growing up. And these kinds of days can be a whirlwind of emotions for people based on what their earthly father was like. And the dynamic that that presents makes this day a whole different kind of day. So track with me for a sec as I aim to articulate something with you guys this morning. I know at times it can feel like God is so large and hard to grasp at who he is. And it's hard to understand him. But you see, it doesn't have to be. Check this out. Jesus always says things better than I can. He uses parables to teach and explain what God is like. He uses the story of the prodigal son in Luke 15 to draw our attention to the heart of God. Using the father's reaction in this story, he's showing the character of God. In our attempts to understand God, we use things in our lives, like our experiences and social norms, as, refer as reference points, which can lead us to saying, this must be what God is like. If we're not perceiving what Jesus in his word says about what the character of the Father is like, then we can actually end up painting the qualities of our broken world around us onto who God is, leading to misunderstanding the character and heart of our Heavenly Father. If you don't catch anything this morning, I hope you catch that, is that we oftentimes, if we don't understand what Jesus is saying, about what the character and heart of God is like, we end up painting the qualities of our own broken world, the world around us, onto God, which leads us to misunderstanding what the character and the heart of our Heavenly Father is. 
You see, this creates a tension between the qualities of how the world sees fathers versus the character of our Heavenly Father. Check this description of a fictional character from a TV show that I felt was a pretty good stereotype of a dad. This guy in extremely deadpan, this guy has extremely deadpan and stereotypical masculine personality. He loves meat, woodworking, hunting, breakfast, food, his grass, nautical literature. He hates and fears his ex-wives that are both named Tammy. <laughs> he claims to be interested in the personal lives of those around him, but actually cares a great deal about his colleagues and a particular strong respect for his boss. Hmm. Sound familiar? You see, this kind of stereotype that we dads get put on us is by the mass media. Yes, this is a fictional character, but there's aspects of that character that producers choose to have him embody because they know that the perceptions will be amusing because it's a common stereotype. And unfortunately, this has become our ruling stick. Our ruling stick has either been the qualities, negative or positive, from our earthly father. But no matter what they are, they will always fall short to the character of our heavenly father. So some qualities that our world attaches to fathers in the classic dad style, if you will, is they're a man's man. They're handymen. They're tough. They're emotionless. They, they have more care about having fun than parenting. They also have the classic perception, don't make me look bad mindset. Whereas God, those are maybe some of those are the, those are the stereotypes and those are maybe some of the not positive things. So there's also positive things, okay? I just want to make that disclaimer there that are good stereotypes. But where God all throughout the Bible is embodying the character of a father, he is explaining and articulating the way a father truly behaves. There's some of you here that struggle with seeing God as a tender, caring father because your own experiences with your father wasn't that at all. Or maybe there's some of you that struggle with feeling like you have the perfect, you have to be perfect when you talk with God because in reality, growing up, your dad would be upset with you for not being good enough. I don't know what hurt or hardship has been placed in your life, but what I know is that our Heavenly Father has exceeded all of my expectations when I've allowed myself to come humbly before him and let him begin to dictate the character of what a father is, not the other way around. So now track back with me to the image I shared with you guys a few moments ago of this child playing at the feet of Jesus. I think this should be a normal part of our walk with God. Let's become like children again at the feet of our Heavenly Father. Amen? Amen. Not worried about wooing him with our career or saying things with excellence or looking the part. But instead, let's be real. Let's be raw and authentic and vulnerable. Being confident and bold to approach him and be with him in the throne room at the feet of Jesus. In my prayer time leading up to this, I felt like there was a complacency that needed to break off amongst the congregation of our church. This, this complacency has allowed religious stereotypes, social norms in the church to affect our intimacy with the Lord. I hope and pray that our relationship with Jesus would be would actually become less professional and become more raw and real. 
So before I continue, let, let me just remind us of this. Our earthly qualities are not his heavenly characteristics. Our earthly qualities of fathers are not his heavenly characteristics. So our reminders, this is his character. There are scripture that I talked about the prodigal son is scripture that talks about and shows just what the character of the father is like. So if you have your Bibles with me this morning, flip to Luke 15, 11 through 32. And I'm going to read the, the whole story, but I want you to pay particular attention to the second half in verses 20 and verses 31 and 32. So I'm going to read the whole thing and just pay attention to those ones. Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country, who sent him to his field to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But when he was still a long way off, check this out. His father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard the music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him, what was going on? Your brother has come home, he replied, and your father has killed a fattened calf because he has, back, he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered, he answered his father, look, all these years I have been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, who has squandered your property with prostitutes, come home, you killed a fattened calf for him. Listen to this. My father, my son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate. We, have to, we had to celebrate and be Give me a big round of applause. 
So the first verse that I wanted you guys to look at was verse 20. It says, while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was moved with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. Remember, this is the same son that took his inheritance early just to go wasted away and is now coming back after realizing the life, that his life is a mess. You see, God sees the return of his children and he runs to us. He throws his arms around us and he kisses us. God isn't concerned about keeping a hard exterior or tough nature. But as we can see in this story, he's deeply moved with compassion for his children, for his child. What a great thought. That is, is how he sees and thinks of us. Knowing that we might squander the things that he's given us, but when he sees us and when we come back, he's going to be so moved with compassion that he's going to run to us. He's going to meet us. And then the second part is in verse 31 and 32. You see this dialogue between the father and the son. And the son son who stayed home and has remained faithful. So to see this conversation is like getting to see the heart of the father for both of his children. Once was dead and now is alive, was lost and now is found. You see, God's character is shown in his heart for the return of one of his son, one of his children. It's not a scorning or a slap on the wrist, but rather a warm and compassionate greeting home. Another scripture verse that talks about some of the character of God is in, found in the, uh, Exodus 34, 6 through 7. And he passed in front of the Moses, proclaiming the Lord, the Lord, compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands, for forgiving wickedness, rebellion of sin. Yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children and their children for the sin of the parents of the third and fourth generation. You see, these, these character traits are compassionate. They're gracious. They're slow to anger. They're abounding in love. He's faithful. He's maintaining love to thousands. He's forgiving, but he is just. This imagery of God being our Heavenly Father is not just simply something that we have made up. No, instead, this label has actually been given by God or to God by himself. So the second thing we need to remember this morning is this is his label. This is his label, not one of ours. In 2 Corinthians 6, 18, it says, And I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. You see, this is a quote that Paul uses from 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel where God is speaking to his children. And he's giving himself this title, not anyone else. God is the ultimate father. This is not a title or a label that we've attached, but it's who he calls himself to be. This means we can find great comfort and peace in this, knowing that this is a trait he gives and he's calling us his children, which means that we are a part of his family. He desires this label. Jesus reminds us of this again in Matthew 7, 9 through 11, which says this. Lost my page. He says, Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then 
though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? We see time and time again, these are just a few scriptures where God himself is calling him Father. We don't need to worry or wonder, ah, it's just something that the world has placed on him for this. No, he's called himself Father because we are his children who he takes great delight in. And so because of these characteristics of our Heavenly Father, out of his love for us, he sent Jesus to die on the cross so that we may be, right, be made righteous and in, made in right relationship with him, allowing us now to be able to come boldly into the presence of God. And it states that right in Hebrews 4.16. It says this, Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Just like the way that my daughter has every right to interrupt me in my Devo time to help her with some Lego. Jesus is our high priest who he is able to empathize with us because he knows, he knows what we are going through, the hardships, hardships of all of that. You see, I don't know who needs, needed to be reminded of that this morning, that our Heavenly Father welcomes us and isn't shocked with our mess when we come to him, no matter how we come to him. He's not shocked with that. He knows and he gets it. Because we know his character, we know that he is going to respond in rich mercy, allowing us to not be perfect in order to come to him. So, because of that, let us come to him in boldness and confidence, not waiting for our ducks to be in a row and allow our relationship to be raw and real with him. My prayer is for everyone here this morning who's felt like they've needed to put a facade up or get all their things aligned just to come and worship with other believers, that you, that you, would, you would feel a nearness and welcoming presence like the prodigal's father. My prayer is for us, for all of us, that we would grow in our intimacy with our Heavenly Father, coming into His presence as broken as we are, but that we would be restored by our Father rather than restoring ourselves. May we learn to be like children in our relationship with God. God, our Father, and we, His children, learning to sit at His feet, not perfect, but desiring simply just to be where He is. For he welcomes interruptions because it's our moments of seeking him. Those moments where we interrupt him, it's our moments where we are seeking him for help, which he is pleased with. I've just mentioned restoration. And I don't think this is a coincidence that Jay's theme for the month is healing winds. I want to pray with you all as I close. And maybe there's a fractured father relationship in your life or or. You're a father and there's a fractured relationship with a child or one of your children. I want you to present that to God today. And let's believe for a divine encounter in our relationships so that we may see God's fatherly characteristics intervene and become part of our lives going forward. And that in doing so, as God restores us, he might also restore part of our relationship with him. Let me explain that. Oftentimes, because we paint these broken earthly characteristics under our Heavenly Father, we negate part of that relationship with God as seeing Him as a Heavenly Father. 
And when we restore our earthly fathers, when we restore that relationship there, and however way that looks, there will be a restoration that comes with our Heavenly Father as well. And we will be able to see Him in His fullness and who He says He is. So let's pray. Jesus, thank You so much. Thank You, God, that You know what we're going through. God, that you, you walked this earth with us. And in doing so, you've allowed us now to come boldly into your th- throne room. So God, this morning, I come boldly before you. Presenting the requests and the needs of our congregation before you, God. Those who are hurting in this, for this day, God, where Father's Day might be a challenging moment, not a celebratory day. God, that we might see a glimpse of restoration. That we might lay that at your feet, Lord. And that as we lay it down, that you would begin to speak your identity over us. That we would begin to see us as your children and see you as our Heavenly Father. Father, I want to pray for all of the families here today and the different dynamics that, that, that are sitting with us. God, would you touch their hearts? Father, would you begin to restore families? You take a great deal in families, God. And so would you restore our earthly families, Lord, so that we might grow and seek you in its fullness. God, have your way. And I pray that those of us who have tough relationships, either to their fathers or fathers to their children, God, that they might be bold in these next few moments. That they might come up and seek prayer at the end of the service and ask for healing, ask for restoration so that we may be brought back into that image and plan that you have had from the get-go. Jesus, have your way. Thank you, Lord, for your characteristics that are laid all throughout your scripture. If we're ever confused, we can look to your word, God, and you make it clear. This is who you are. This is how you operate. And may we cling to you, Jesus. May we just simply pursue you and sit at your feet. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. You're listening to Maple View Community Church Podcast. Mm-hmm.